You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to a World Junior Championships from Sweden, from Gothenburg, special at Eyes on the Prize. Absent minded, we're here to cover all through the tournament and to talk about the Montreal Canadiens prospect. It's me, Patrick Bexel, of course, since it's down the road from where I live. But uh, today I'm joined by Jared Book. How are you doing, Jared? I'm good. I'm good. It's funny that the, the first World Junior is not in Canada in like three years or four years is is right in your backyard <laughs> indeed and of course we got the uh, bottom six minute man matt drake how are you doing um, i'm doing all right i had a bit of a testy one last night after they decided to throw that game away in the final five seconds of the overtime period but what are you gonna do you know they, uh, they made it least... there at the very least right I listened to it on my on my commute this morning, so it's it's all good, you know. Um, Everybody should listen to it. I'm brilliant. What, what can I say? Yeah, well, you're are you still number one in Hong Kong? I, I believe so. Yeah. Um, and, and if I'm not, I'm coming for whoever's there. Yeah, um, we're gonna talk to World Juniors, and and let's face it, if we if we look at the groups, there with Russia out, it creates sort of a you know vacuum. So so it's sort of the same four, and then it's the rest. Uh, most of the time um you have some outsiders that that will challenge and one of them this year is is probably going to be slovakia um but um the the big four is is really um us canada sweden and finland and and who's your pick this year guys um i'm i'm sticking with canada um, you know, and, uh, but before, before I explain that, I guess I should let everybody know, you know, you, you probably need some time off over the holidays to watch a tournament like this. And, uh, the only people that don't get time off this time of year are pro athletes and us at bet online. So with NFL bowl season, NBA, all in full swing over the holidays, bet online, isn't taking a second off to make sure that you have all the up to the second odds, news and info bet online has all the sports wagering info available that you need with both desktop and mobile access Head there today to get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Now, I don't know if you can bet on the World Juniors. Um, if you can, um, I'm going to have to go there and check it out myself. I would probably still put my money on Canada because I think they're probably not going to get the odds that they would have gotten previous tournaments. Um, there's some other really strong teams, but I'm sticking with my boys, uh, honestly. I, I think they're going to pull it out. Uh, I think they're going to get the third in a row. And um, I think they're going to surprise some people uh, with with how good they're going to look, even with not having necessarily a generational talent like Connor Bedard in there. Uh, although Macklin Celebrini uh, looks pretty good, uh, might miss their tournament opener after that hit that he threw today in a pre-tournament game. But uh, I think they've got the skill to get there. And I think they've got some some really good goaltending as well. Um, I'm, I'm not too sure if they've named necessarily a starter, but as we know, uh, when this tournament starts, uh, they usually tend to go with two guys, uh, give them a couple, give them one game each, and then you know ride the hot hand from there. So I think Canada's got the ability to take this one home, but I do not think it's going to be an easy road for them. Uh, as you mentioned, you know you got the big three uh, with Russia out of there, and I think the U.S. and Sweden both have very good teams uh, that could potentially uh, knock Canada out at some point. But again, I'm sticking with my boys. Jared, 
I'm going to go with U.S. I think I just if you look at their their depth, I mean, Will Smith, Ryan Leonard, G- Gabe Perot isn't even their top line. <laughs> like that's that, yeah. that's that's really kind of ridiculous uh, a little bit. <laughs> uh, they're just so deep uh, up front. Uh, I I think that they're and they have a really easy group stage too, uh, which means that they're like their first real test might even be in a semifinal, which is a tough ask also, right? Like if you look at the groups and, and Pat mentioned the big four, you know, Canada, Sweden, Finland are all in the same group and the U S doesn't have that really, that real test. I mean, you have Switzerland and, and teams like that, but not, not really the same thing. So, you know, the quarterfinal, they'll probably play the fourth place team in, in the group, um, in, in the Canada group. And then you're you're looking at the semifinal, whatever be playing, you know, uh probably you know, one of Canada, Sweden, Finland, unless there's an upset somewhere. So it's it, it's gonna be really interesting to see how they deal with that uh, as the favorites. Um it, it might benefit a team like Sweden to have Finland and Canada in the preliminary round and kind of get them ready, and it might, you know, it's gonna help Canada as well. We you know, we see it in this tournament that it, it you know, look Look at Sweden in the past, right? They had that unbelievable round robin stretch where they never lost, and they—I don't—I don't think they won. They won maybe one gold in that in that entire winning streak. So, there, there's a testament to finding adversity early on in the tournament, and and I wonder if the U.S. can fight through that. But it's hard hard to argue with their roster, and we haven't even gotten into the Canadians' prospects on that team. Yeah, and and. I'm I'm going with U.S. as well, actually, and I'm sure I'm being tried for treason in in a couple of weeks or something like that. They're knocking but, on your door. <laughs> yeah, it's Anton though, so it's fine. <laughs> no jokes aside. Uh, yeah, I think you, it would. I, I would probably pick Sweden if Leo Carlson was there. Uh, I'll be honest with that. But just as Canada missing out on that superstar that could lead and and game changer of um player, you don't really have that in Sweden it's a scoring by committee or at least three committees uh, depending on how you see it uh, whereas in, in the US you have a stack roster with, with top prospects um, it all comes down to you know the bigger ice rink for Sweden and and the crowd and let me tell you from watching the the uh, pre um, the warm-up game yesterday between Sweden and, and, and US if you can get the crowd out of it it's 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 going to be trouble for Sweden. Uh, I'm also uncertain uh, in regards to Sweden um, if um, coach heavily because there are like three heavilies on the team with the coach, a forward, uh, a defender, and the goalie. Um, uh, he said that he doesn't want to pair uh, Erland, um, Lekkermäki, and Östlund together again. Uh, I think he has to. He has to get that line going. They've played together since they were kids. Uh, but he wants a deeper roster rather than a two-line roster that Thomas Martin has run. So I can understand the change, but I think he come come playoffs, he will have to go through to that line again. Um, I think the second line is going to be the interesting one. It's it's uh, Edstrom, uh, Stenborg, and uh, um, Sternum, uh, the the young guy that's going for the draft. So it's it's really interesting. But when you look at it, it's not it's not holding up to the second line of of um, of the U.S. I think Sweden, if Hugo Heavily 
the goalie comes out swinging, he might be the top goalie of the tournament, and that is what could save Sweden. Uh, but you know, you need to win that group in order to avoid having US in a semi final. And uh, can Sweden beat Canada and Finland on the trot? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, and then going back into looking at US group, it's I see some comments in in the article about Lane Hudson and and Fowler that I did uh, the interviews with yesterday. Um, people are mentioning that oh we beat Switzerland so we're we're on a trot for gold. But on the other hand, you know we talk about national league being one of the top leagues in Europe for sure. But the Swiss development program isn't really there yet. So you know Switzerland is not. I mean they should beat Norway. But I don't think they can beat Slovakia and Czechia just yet. Yeah, that's yeah you what mentioned the, that's what the guys on TSN were, were were saying today. It's like Switzerland just needs to beat Norway, <laughs> and and that that's all they had need to do. And then you know see if they can steal points in the other two games. And um, obviously, you know it, it's funny because they were talking about uh, uh, Leon uh, Bichel, who literally the game today was in uh, Andrholm. Which is where Beach Cell plays, <laughs> but but he's not on the Swiss team uh, at the, at the tournament. But they used his locker room today. No, they didn't because that's a Swiss locker room. <laughs> right. Well, whatever. He was in. He was. He was in the building. He was in the building. He was in the building. Yeah. But it was it was the same last night, and I haven't mentioned that. Uh, uh, but Autumn Engstrom was obviously there and and watching uh, Sweden US and. Uh, I met up with him after the game and he said, you know, like tell Lane and, and um, Jacob, I said hi, but I'm not going to stay around to talk to them. So, you know, uh, there is a bit of interest, but, uh, you know, look, looking at these teams, it's going to come down to Canada, Sweden and, and uh, US. And I think US comes out on top of that. Uh, I don't think Canada has that kind of roster that they normally do. I know they always... Yeah. I know they always perform well, and you know, let's be honest. Uh, rumor has it that there's like three thousand Canadian fans in Gothenburg, ready to get going. So, so fair play. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm not sure you can. Uh, th- there is this, you know, I'm going to throw this back at all you guys that listen to to me and saying it doesn't matter when you say it matters. So the big big eyes sheets is going to matter. We're, we're invading Sweden to show you guys how it's done, all right? And here, you said Canada might not have the roster. And look, I, I agree. It's not the same, you know, level of roster that they've brought in previous tournaments. But I think this roster is kind of getting slept on a little bit. And I, I want to start with the goaltenders because I mentioned that earlier when I said they would be my pick, right? And Jared actually messaged us. Uh, so, uh, folks, I got to correct myself. You can, in fact, bet on bet online in the world juniors canada is a plus 260 so the u.s are the favorites and then sweden right behind them at plus 240 and canada at plus 260 so you know i might i might throw a little i might put my money where my mouth is and throw a little bit on canada there because again it starts with the goaltenders for me they've got two guys from the queue that i really like uh mathis rousseau from the mooseheads and they got samuel saint Hilaire. i don't i scott ratzlaff is the other guy that they brought from the whl i've never actually seen him play but the other two in the queue i've seen them a lot uh rousseau is extremely good with the moose heads he's uh clocking in at like a, a 930 save percentage this year uh on, on a on a pretty strong team uh but then you have samuel saint who's a guy who uh, he didn't play very much last year he was the backup last year for sherbrooke and this year he's taken over the net and he's playing absolutely lights out 
on a team that lost, uh, you know, a pretty significant player in Joshua Wild, lost a few bodies actually to people either aging out or going pro. And he's got a 920 this year. He's, uh, his record's only 11 and seven. Um, I think it's 11 and seven anyways, but he's putting up a 920 in the queue, which is a all out offense league. It's not a league where they play a whole ton of defense. I think if one of those guys can stake their claim to the net uh, and really run with this tournament, I think they're going to frustrate the opposition. And uh, I, I think that's going to be one of the keys to Canada uh, being able to get to the gold medal game and then winning it once they get there. They've got firepower, just not the same level of firepower that they had before. This might be a year where they need to rely a little bit more on their defense and their goaltending. So I talked about the goaltenders and you look at the D that they've got. They've got some interesting players there. So Noah Warren's going to be there. If you've never seen Noah Warren play, he is a violent gentleman, uh, extremely shut down D in his own zone. That's another thing that's really going to frustrate some of the opposition. Tristan Luno is there from the QMJHL. Really good Q presence on, on Canada this year. I'm loving it. And uh, he's a guy that can, you know, move the puck up ice and, uh, and really, you know, turn defense into offense. Oliver Bonk's there. Tanner Molendijk's there. Maverick uh, Lamoureux is there. Uh, they've got a lot of big crash and bang guys that can kind of frustrate you in the defensive zone and then add, add in the goaltending. And I think that this is a team that has a chance to, to maybe surprise some people. Uh, so I, you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with what you said, Pat. I don't think it's as strong of a roster as they've brought to previous tournaments, but I think this team is, is, is a lot better than people are giving them credit for. Yeah. But the question is, can they actually go into the corners and, uh, and uh, not getting caught out because they're not the speediest defenders uh, in that regard. You know, and these are not Noah, I mean, top listen, NHL Noah players. Warren, Noah yeah, but Warren that's one actually of them. at the, um, yeah, he, he's a giant though. And actually at the uh, CHL top prospects game last year, he had the fastest time on the straightaway skate without puck. Now with puck, he slows down a little bit. Without puck, the guy can move and he's big. Um, I, I think you know, again, we, we might be underrating them a little bit. I think they can get to those corners. I think they got guys that once they get to those corners, you know, they're going to put a hurt on you. And, um, you know, yeah, the some question of the smaller is, teams... The puck is still there. And if you get suspended for a game or not. Yeah, that's... Uh, and uh, as we already saw today, uh, Macklin Celebrini, arguably their best forward, is probably going to miss, you know, the first game of the tournament because he, uh, he landed a hit from behind. So... That's something that they're going to have to be mindful of. If that, if I'm right about that, and that's the kind of style of game that they want to play is get into the corners, crash and bang, and really frustrate the opposition and put a hurt on them, you got to be careful. Because uh, if you start losing players, then all of a sudden that roster strength, uh, it starts to get diminished and uh, you're going to run into some issues. And, and then let's be honest, you know, facing we, Finland in the first game, you know, Celebrini can be very important in that regard. Yeah. And we talk a lot about, or people in general talk a lot about how this is a 19-year-old's tournament. Canada's got some players that, you know, arguably could be playing in the NHL right now. Fraser Minton was almost there. Owen Beck, I think, you know, if if the Habs wanted to, they could have rushed him and they could have put him in the NHL this year. I think he's capable, particularly on the defensive side of the puck. Um, we there, There's a lot of guys that I think could hypothetically be in the NHL. Matthew Savoie, uh, Jordan Zumet. I, Carson Rakoff, even, I think he's capable of playing in the NHL if they really wanted him to. Uh, I think that, you know, the lack of elite superstars outside of uh, Macklin Celebrini, I think it can be erased by some of the depth that they've got in that lineup. I don't know. I Again, I think I might throw some money on them. Uh, they, they got a good line there on Bet Online, yeah. so might as well give it a well, shot. You know, I worked in the betting industry, guys, so please bet responsibly and, and yes. preferably not bet at all because the house always wins. 
looking at it from, from another angle, uh, it is the, the Montreal Canadiens prospects, but we, we'll talk about that when we get back after these messages. And we're back and talking about the Montreal Canadiens prospects. Whom are you most excited to see in this tournament, Jared? I, I think the, the question starts and ends with Lane Hudson. Uh, I, I think yeah. that, you know, he, he showed signs of brilliance last year in the tournament, uh, but that was really Luke Hughes's team, uh, I think. Even, but, you know, Hudson was, you know, instrumental there. He, he played in the men's world championships uh, at the end of the season. Um, you know, didn't look that out of place. He was trusted. He made a few mistakes, but, you know, came back and played at Boston University, looked really good there. And, and I think he's going to be one of the, we talk about the forwards on that U.S. team, but I, I think that he has a real chance, especially on the, the big ice, to really show his strengths. And, and I think that, you know, when, and, and Pat could, could probably talk about this a little bit more than I can, about the difference to the big ice, but you can't really play on on the man in, in the big ice. And I think that, you know, zone defenses and, and things like that is what Lane Hudson was made, put on this earth to, to destroy <laughs> is, is, zone, <laughs> is zone defenses. And I think that uh, in this tournament, he, he really has a chance to, to, to make his magic. Because if you watch him in the NCAA, that's where he, like, it's not only his end-to-end rushes. It's not only his ability to pinch into the play. It's, a, it's his ability to just make defenders look silly. And and I think that that's going to be one of the things and set up things for for the forwards on that team. And I think you know Owen Beck had a great game against Switzerland, two goals. I I think that he's going to be playing like sixteen, seventeen minutes a night, even though he's on the fourth line. We we've seen in the past that you know Team Canada's shutdown line, um, and I use quotation marks in that uh, ends up playing a really big role in these tournaments. Uh, and we've also seen players get promoted as well. And you know if if Macklin Celebrini is out, that's the the second line center on on the Canadian team. Do they move Owen Beck up into that role? So that'll be something interesting. I, I you know Jacob Fowler as well is is going to get some games for the U.S. But I mean, how can you not say Lane Hudson uh, when you look at the, uh, the Canadian? I spoke prospect? with Lane yesterday, and and uh, speaking about first and foremost, he did a sort of a typical big ice mistake where where he didn't he did an Orlander a little bit, you know. He didn't know if he should pinch or or if he oh. should stay back and cover the lane on the first Swedish goal. Um, fine. Uh, and then I spoke about, you know, what was his experience from the men's world um, from last spring. And he pointing out and asking about the mistakes that he did there that was, you know, post goals against and, and quite important goals to them as well. Uh, and he, he, he was really good in his answer because he said, you know, sometimes you just got to hand it to your opponent. They are. They make great plays as well, and you learn from that. You learn to defend, and you learn that you can make great plays too. So, so yeah, I, I agree. Lane Hudson is is probably one of those guys to to really lead. But one of the players I'm really interested in watching is, you know, everyone was low on Philip Mashar last year, and mm. he's going to be one of the most important players on that Slovak team. Yeah, I, I just want to. He's, he's lighting. He's lighting the OHL on fire too. I, I just want to jump. He's in on and pace say, for like ninety I, points. I just want to jump in and say I'm ashamed that I forgot him. 
<laughs> so um, I definitely agree with Patrick. I think Mashar is going to, you know, he has a potential to be like a, a Martin Revi on that Slovakian team and just kind of lead. Don't him. compare him to Revi, please. Okay, don't. fine. Sorry. <laughs> to, to just take that team on his back. Uh, we saw it at, at times last tournament. Um, but yes, I am ashamed that I forgot him. Uh, I just wanted to say that before Matt jumps in. Yeah, I mean, he, he's lighting up the OHL since going back. And I, I think a lot of people were disappointed with him uh, to, to start this year at camp and everything. People are kind of getting down on him a little bit. But he is, you know, it's a strong Kitchener Rangers team. And he's on pace for like 90 points in, in a shortened, like he's not playing a full calendar of games. And he, and he might hit the 90-point plateau, which is which is nuts. He's, he's having a really good year. He's going to turn 20 during this tournament. And I, I think this is a shot for him to, to really um, – kind of maybe reverse some of the perception, the negative perception that's been around him uh, in the fan base among Montreal Canadiens fans, um, because he's going to be the guy for Slovakia. Like he's going to be playing a lot of minutes. He's going to be out there and uh, I'm assuming he's on PP one. Uh, he's probably going to be killing penalties too. They're going to need him for as many minutes as he can possibly skate. And uh, you know, this is a chance for him again to reverse some of that negative perception. And uh, I, I think he's going to have a, a great tournament. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see him. I think I agree with Jared. It, the conversation starts and ends with Lane Hudson, but let's not sleep on, on Philip Mashar. He's having a great year and this is a good opportunity for him to go out and showcase his skills a little bit. And, and, you know, we talk about Owen Beck, we talk about Jacob Fowler and we talk about Lane Hudson mm. and then Lane will have a big part on, on that U S team, but none of them will have a bigger role to fill or bigger shoes to fill uh, in their teams than Philip Mashar. So, so we yeah. get to see a lot yeah. of him, and 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 it's going to be interesting, especially with uh, the season he had last year. And I'll, I I can relate to what he said. It's tough to to cross over to another country to learn, adapt, and and it's a different culture. It's a different mindset. Uh, you do things differently. You buy coffee differently. You you pay bills differently in some ways. You know all these small things. It takes a toll. Uh, on top of that, something that. Uh, I've been meaning to discuss a little bit in regards to Yuri Slavkovsky, and we see it with Reinbacher this year, and we probably saw it with Nashar last year as well. That long summer over the draft, it takes a toll as well. So, so this, I'm, I'm yeah. not surprised if this will be a Philip Nashar coming out party. Yeah, you mentioned Owen Beck there too as well. I, I do want to give him some shine, and I'll say something very similar to what I said for Joshua Hawaii. Uh, when he went into his two opportunities with Team Canada, where he started low in the lineup and then ended up as one of the most used forwards. Owen Beck, I've seen some people on Twitter and stuff being like, oh, he can't get past, you know, he's, he's going to be a fourth liner on Team Canada. Don't look at Team Canada's lineup and think, oh, the way that it's configured right now is the way that it's going to be configured for the entire tournament. And this guy's not going to get a lot of minutes. They're probably going to be rolling four lines. And Beck has the ability to climb up that lineup a little bit because he's got some offensive skills, uh, but that defensive ability, that's really what got Joshua Hawaii to the dance in his tournaments because he was completing the lines that he got put on. Like, you know, when he was playing with Connor Bedard, for instance, it was his defensive ability, his forechecking ability that really kind of changed that line and drew the attention of the coaching staff and got him more minutes. Owen Beck has the opportunity to do exactly the same thing. He's going to start on that fourth line. I would not be the slightest bit surprised if he ends up as one of the most used forward and ends up climbing up and playing up on either the top line or the second line at some point. Uh, because if they happen, like you look at uh, how many goals they give up against Switzerland today. Three, three, 
Three. Do you think that Canada's happy giving up three goals to Switzerland? No. No. No, I mean, Sweden only gave up two, so, you know, obviously <laughs> they were lousier. Well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to chalk that up to the refs being on your side. You got you got hometown officiating. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I don't think Canada's happy with that with that scoreline. And I think that if you get into the, the first couple games of the tournament, again, Macklin Celebrini is probably going to be out in the first game. Right there, you've got to make a lineup change. So what are you going to do? Somebody's getting promoted uh, into his spot. And I'm, I'm not saying that's going to be Owen Beck, but I'm saying there's going to be some lineup changes. And I think if you go into the first game of the tournament, they give up another three or they give up four and they have to really fill the net to win that game. I think that's where the coaching staff might look at it and go, okay, well, what do we need to do here? Who's getting lit up and how can we avoid them getting lit up? And one of the ways that you can absolutely avoid a line getting lit up is to plop Owen Beck right there in the middle. He's going to make sure that uh, there's not a whole lot going on in the defensive zone. So um, again, you know, I said it for Mashar, don't sleep on him. Don't sleep on Owen Beck either. I, I really think he has an opportunity here to climb up in that lineup and uh, show us uh, a little bit of what he can do and show us some of that shutdown ability that, uh, that people are excited to see him bring to the NHL at some point. Um, you know, it could yeah, be a good tournament for him. I, I think, you know, if Canada does end up playing the U.S. at some point, uh, Owen Beck is going to be hugely important, uh, oh, yeah. given <laughs> g- g- given their their forward line depth that the U.S. has. You're going to need Owen Beck to play, you know, whether it's against the the Will Smith line or whether it's against the the Cutter Gochi line. One one of those two is going to be Owen Beck's responsibility, and and I think that he has a real chance to to step up. And you know, you saw it you saw it in the game against Switzerland. He, he scored a shorthanded goal. He had another goal, even strength. Uh, despite being on the fourth line, and I, and I think that you know that that line is going to play upwards of you know Beck is going to play 16, 17 minutes just because of the penalty killing. He'll be the top penalty killer. Uh, he might get some looks, you know, up you know late in games, uh, you know, late in games if Canada has a lead, uh, he'll he'll play in those games as well. So yeah, I think that he, you know he's the only returning player, uh, and you know it might raise eyebrows he's on the fourth line, but. He's not your typical fourth line uh, center uh, when it comes to this tournament. You know, I, he I is he your is. Swiss Army knife or Canadian Army knife. Yeah, in that regard, exactly because he can fill up, fill in up up on the lineup too, right? Like you know, he can he can play wherever you need him, uh, kind of like Joshua Wa uh, a year ago. So I, I think that that's a um, a good comparison. The, the, import, and... the important game will be the 29th when Sweden cannot place uh, in Scandinavium. Uh, home of Frelanda, so you might have watched it. And and I just want to mention this because they're going to be all kind of weird uh, photos from from Scandinavium, uh, showing like how big the the big eyes is and and everything. Mm. Um, Scandinavium is a multi-purpose arena, so um, you sit quite far from from uh, from the boards, so it's not your typical ice hockey arena. And uh, I, I mentioned this in the Sweden preview that. It will probably, um, you know, you can quiet the crowd quite easily in this case. And since the crowd is not right up along the boards, it might also not influence the the referees for, for as Matt put it, home refereeing uh, either. Um, there are certain aspects of, of that. Uh, Frölunda Borg uh, is where I grew up and, and where Frölunda played when I was small and, uh, and when they weren't in the top division. Um, crazy arena, uh, great atmosphere, but obviously it is it has the other group with maybe not, I mean, the biggest fan favorite of the teams when you look at it from that angle. Um, 
it will be a great are tournament, you, I think. You talked to me about this before when we were talking about Big Ice one time in the in the Slack chat. And correct me if I'm wrong, it's not the length of the ice, right? It's just wider. Yeah, it's just wider. Yeah. Two, it's yeah, just two, wider. two meters. So two meters on each side. If I remember two, correctly. Yeah. And uh this kind of brings me back to what uh Jared was saying about Lane Hudson exploiting zone defenses. Mm-hmm. <sighs> You wi- imagine if you widened an NCAA rank and said, here you go, Lane Hudson's going to be out against you. Good luck touching that guy. He's so shifty going side to side. So, uh, you know, the, the big ice, you know, it's again, I, I always I, I think a lot of people when they say big ice, they think it's, it's not only wider, but also longer. It's just the width of that. And that's going to, you know, shifty guy like Lane Hudson's going to have fun on that ice. But it'll be interesting to see how the North American teams in general uh, can handle that. Yeah. And 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 the thing is that uh, if you play smart, you can draw defenders into the corners and they get stuck there because they're like three four strides that you need to take to come back into your uh, into your area of defense where you should be. Uh, whereas in in a smaller rink, it's obviously one or two only. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so that is what you're gonna add. I think uh, Fowler put it also in in the interview that I had with him that you have to play a little bit deeper in the net. You have to play angle the angles a little bit differently. And and he mentioned that they were going to clean it up uh, by watching video and practice a lot more. Uh, that would be a great actually where where I teach <laughs> that that where Chan and I will play US on the twenty third. I can't go because I'm on a family dinner, but um, yeah, I, I think that will be instrumental. And I think we saw a little bit in the US Sweden game what can happen when uh, I think it was Noreen that was hit. Um, Good hit, strong hit. Uh, he looked down a little bit, lost control of the puck, looked down to catch it, got caught with his head down, uh, shoulder to the to the yeah, chest and um, chin. He went out injured. Um, but I think, you know, those are the kind of hits that can set the tone for the game. And, and it did here. Sweden took some, wanted revenge, took some stupid penalties. And you just turn the game over. You don't with the big guys with Lane Hudson. You don't want to have give us the opportunity to 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 create a power play. Yeah, no, definitely not. Uh, and, and I think that that's going to be uh, very very important as well um, for for any team, right? I mean, penalty trouble can cost you. You know, when let's face it USA Canada Sweden there's not much to pick between the two teams like they're all three very good teams and even teams down in you know Finland and and uh, Slovakia uh you know even Switzerland you know they, they they only lost by three to Canada so I mean any team if you give enough penalties uh you're gonna be in trouble and 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 I think that that's gonna be you know that, that's the beauty of this you know one game playoff round style of tournament and even the relegation round being one game now is, is going to be really interesting uh, because there's no, there's no room for error. And I, and I, and I, I prefer it to be one game for the relegation because, you know, if you could win a gold medal in a one game playoff, uh, one, one winner take all game, why, why can't you be relegated in a winner take all game? Why, why did they get two chances? So uh, I think it's gonna be really interesting to see. And this is also the first big ice tournament that we've had in four years. Uh, as well yeah. so it's going it's going to be really interesting to see how how US and and Canada do adjust to that because you know you see them playing a lot more pre-tournament games than than typical um as well right so i mean Canada had one 
uh, against the, the Danish under 25 team. Uh, and then they play, uh, they played Switzerland. They have played the U S as well um, before the tournament uh, starts. So I, I think that that's, you know, especially even for goalies, like, you know, that your, your reference points aren't as, uh, as solid as they were, you know, it has nothing to do with, you know, the players on the ice, it's even the goaltenders. So it, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see because I, I think that it's just enough of an adjustment to your muscle memory um that and we we see so many mistakes in this tournament right like it's it's chaos that's what that's why this tournament is so popular is that anything can happen like we've seen insane comebacks we've seen uh you know some some real big upsets and i think that's that's the whole thing is that these are these are kids and and uh, the kids can 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 rise up or or fold and and it's it's unpredictable and that's that's part of the reason why this tournament has become such a a staple in not only Canadian lore but but around the world. Like you know, you compare this to even the under 18s and it doesn't have the spotlight. And I think that that's uh, a testament to a the time of year it's at, uh, and also because of the, the the just the chaos that that it can get, that can ensue. And it's it's a it's a fun time to be a, a hockey fan. That's for sure. One more thing to, to before we round this off um, is is the fact that it's an IAHF tournament uh, and rules are going to be a little bit different. Uh, we, we're going to see it with Celebrini if he gets suspended or, or similar tackles, uh, uh, reviewing head contact, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, that might hamper the the US and Canada teams, especially if if, if the result isn't going their way. Yeah, it, it might. Um, and you know, one thing that I will say, I think anybody who listens to to this podcast probably listens to the BSM sometimes. You know, I like to complain about officials a little bit, just a tad. Um, I I enjoy the IHF officiating. I think that the NHL could learn something from them, at least in terms of consistency. I know the rules are not the same, right? But uh, NHL officials could learn something from that consistency. And that's the one thing where you, you said it, right? It's, it could affect Canada and the U.S. But what they need to do is, you know, in, especially in these pre-tournament games and then game one and two of the, of the round robin is they're going to establish uh, the, the IHF, IHF refs are very good at establishing a standard and then sticking to that standard. So you need to collect that data. And as a coaching staff, they need to hammer that into the players. It's like, listen, this got called. So you know that this is going to get called every game. So you know, be mindful of it. it the, the, the nice thing about the IHF officials is that they're so consistent, at least in my experience from watching this tournament, that you can establish a baseline. And then as long as you stick to that, you should be okay. Yeah. that That's the big thing is that it, it is very consistent because there is no, there, there's a lot less ambiguity in the rule book, right? Like contact to the head, automatic penalty, possibly yeah. five, probably yeah. five. Uh, and and it kind of goes from there, and I think that that's um, that's a positive when it comes to this, and and yeah, it, it's going to be a big adjustment for for these players. I mean, you know, Macklin Celebrini probably has made that hit in the NCAA and come away with maybe a two minute penalty, and and now he he has a, a five minute major and um, very possibly a suspension, getting into the, the tournament, and it's going to be it, it's funny because in a tournament like this, it's a quick adjustment. And it's also, but it's also you have to be the player that you were that got you onto that roster in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it, it's yeah. a it's a it, it's a very happy medium of trying to fit into your team, but also being the player that got you there. And and 
it, it's why this, yeah. you know, it, it's it's why so many times in this tournament, uh, there's a surprising player who steps up. Um, you know, even last year, people expected Connor Bedard to be good. I don't think anybody expected him to be uh, as dominant as he was. And, you know, so um, Joshua Waugh can be fit into that as well. Somebody who stepped up. And, Absolutely. And and was instrumental in Canada winning gold. And I think that that's the, the, the fun part of this tournament is that we can talk all we want about players that we expect to have good tournaments. Uh, but uh, the odds are that the person who's going to step up most is going to be somebody that we don't expect. Uh, and, and that's... that's um, what makes Ungersero will score the winning goal against Canada, you know, in overtime, and uh, Sweden <laughs> will celebrate. Wait, maybe, Owen Beck's going to score a shorty it, on Sweden. That's it could be Jacob Fowler. Right? Maybe Jacob Fowler scores the winner. Who knows? <laughs> that'd well, that'd be something if we get a goalie goal as, as the winner. I my, my money's on Beck. My money's on Beck to do something special for Canada there. Um, he, had, he had the shorty today against Switzerland that was just absolutely beautiful. Um, I, I think... I don't know, just that defensive ability. I think he's the guy for Canada that could step up. U.S., I, we all know who it is. It's Lane, it's, it's Lane Hudson. Um, I think Slovakia, in Sweden, think you're gonna, people are going to turn heads about David Edstrom. Uh, think so? Edstrom. Uh, I, think, I think that is the guy that is unknown, taken late in the draft last year, or late, but later in the draft than, than the bigger names, and uh, really has developed very, very well in Frona this year. Um, a guy to keep an eye on, even if he's not a Montreal Canadian prospect. <laughs> it, it, it's funny because Sweden also always has that one player who was taken much later than they probably should have been that comes out. Like I remember uh, um, Soroblom had a great tournament yeah. at the World Juniors the year after he was drafted really late. Obviously, Edstrom was drafted <laughs> a lot earlier than, than that, but uh, it, it, it's funny how you know Sweden... They don't have like uh, like you mentioned. They don't have the superstar, especially with Carlson not there. But they always have somebody that steps up and like, oh, that guy is really good, <laughs> uh, and and he beca- you know makes a name for themselves in, the, in this tournament as well. You've been listening to Habs yeah. Find It. You've been listening to Jared Book. You've been listening to Matt Drake, and you've been listening to me, Patrick Bexel. We all wish you happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and uh, keep listening to this podcast. We really do appreciate it. This episode has been brought to you by Bet Online. listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel and i'm rebecca we're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say didn't see that coming and we hate the people responsible for them listen to people are the worst now on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts